0: good morning well we are discovering jesus this summer in the gospel according to john we've given out hundreds of these journals in fact i saw on the on the welcome list there was only two left so if you don't have one and if you're a fast runner after the service get there and get one of the two i don't i don't remember we ordered hundreds of these and there's only there was only two this morning but if you don't have one you can still bring your bible and that's all right because it has exactly where we're going from labor from memorial day to labor day is when we're in here and now as you know from now on the service one service at 11 o'clock and so this is up until labor day next week outside labor day outside all the rest inside one service 11 o'clock after the the fourth of july weekend and then we'll go back to sunday school at nine thirty. so no sunday school today no sunday school next week all right all those commercials done 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 we're in the gospel according to john i heard a story i think it's true about some middle school girls in washington the state of washington who were learning uh, the techniques of lipstick, which is fine, you know, and so they were putting on lipstick in the girls' restroom. And what they were doing, though, was after they would apply the lipstick to their lips, they would kiss the mirror, which caused great distress for the facility crew because they're always going through, and you know, to clear off that lipstick off the mirror was a lot of work, and all these girls were going in there, putting on lipstick, kissing the mirror, putting on lipstick, kissing the mirror, and the, and the facility crew was getting fed up with it. So they went to the principal and the principal said, I can handle this. And so they, she called a meeting of the girls that she thought were the culprits, the kissing bandits, if you will. And she brought them all into the restroom and she said, girls, we got a problem. She goes, you're applying your lipstick and then you're kissing the mirror. And it takes our facility crew just, just such a long time to clear you off all the lipstick that you've been putting on the mirrors. And so what I want to do is show you just how long and how hard it is to clean off that lipstick. So I, I asked the janitor if he'd come in and do a demonstration what he has to do every night because of you girls. So she turned to the custodian she said, would you show them how long it takes you to clean these mirrors? He said, I'd be happy to. So he got his squeegee and he went over into one of the stalls and he put it in the toilet water and he just... <laughs> Swirled it around and then he went to the mirror and he went whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. And he went back to the toilet and he swirled it around and he went back to the mirror and went swoosh, swoosh, swoosh. Do you know after that they didn't have one more lipstick mark <laughs> on the mirror? Amazing. The point of that story is sometimes when you know all the facts, you change your behavior and that's where we're going to be this morning you know we have a big problem and that is we uh, through the gospel of John we've done this in now the last this is the third summer we've taken a book out of the Bible and worked our way through it in the summer and it's been easy when we were in the gospel of Mark and the the, the letter to the Romans both of those books have thir- or 16 chapters We have 15 weeks from Memorial Day to Labor Day, and so 16 chapters, pretty easy to work your way through, you know, a chapter a week almost, and that's the way it goes. But the gospel according to John has 21 chapters. And so what that means is some weeks we gotta cover a lot of ground. And today is one of those weeks. We're looking at chapters six through eight. Three chapters, we're tripling up, six through eight. So I'm just going to give you, you know, this is uh, for you old TV buff fans, uh, Joe, Joe Friday, just the facts, man. Just the facts. That's where we're at today. Just the facts. So chapter six through eight, these cover the miracle of Jesus feeding the 5,000. That's a big deal, right? They fed 5,000 people, 5,000 men, the Bible says, women and children not included. So maybe 20,000 total. I've preached on this. You know this story very, very well, right? kids lunch two two little fishies five little loaves of bread and fed all those people miracle 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 wonderful 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 and then after that uh jesus walks in the water which was a big deal because the jews believed that only the messiah could walk on the water when the messiah comes he'll be able to walk on the water that was the the belief jesus walked in the water pitter pitter pitter, pitter right across the water he wasn't he wasn't you know our vbc theme making waves i'm in the water uh it wasn't he wasn't making waves. he did make waves he certainly made an impact but as he was walking on the water there was a storm and so he was walking through the waves not exactly the theme of BBC, but that's the point he was walking through the waves he was walking through the storm and he got to to the disciples hopped in the boat the bible says this in in chapter six he says and immediately the boat then reached the shore where they were headed so Jesus hops in the boat And pff, the boat is transported uh, To the shore It's kind of a crazy one of those Just when you're reading through You just say wow that's kind of amazing you know, So they're in Middle Lake and, pff, you, know, uh, you know Scotty beam me over to the shore If you're keeping track That's two 1950 TV references That I've just made in the last five minutes <laughs> Which is bad I am so out of touch Okay What's not bad is this story Jesus feeding 5,000 people. Jesus walking on the water. Jesus being with those fraidy cat disciples. Jesus doing things that only God Almighty can do. It's all in these three chapters. Also contained in these three chapters are two, the first two of the I am statements of Jesus. Jesus in the gospel according to John does seven, makes seven I am statements. In fact, if you have your journal at the very, very back, I think it's on page 78, There's a, a, there's the list of the I am statements that Jesus makes. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth and the life. I am the true vine. Seven statements. At the top of that page on page 78, it says this about those seven statements. It says a defining mark of the gospel of John is Jesus. Seven. I am statements. The statements are all revelations from Jesus that he is the promised Messiah, the anointed one for which Israel has been waiting for centuries. So he gets two of them in these two, three chapters. I am the bread of life. He says that after he feeds 5,000 people. People were hungry. He fed them. But then he said, listen, just as you were craving that bread, I'm the bread of life. I'm the, the deep nourishment for your soul. I'm the one that you are craving for. In the darkest of night. I am the bread of life. Amen. I am the one that, 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 that you need that you desperately need. I am the bread of life. Thank you Jesus. And the next one that he says is, is in, in John chapter eight, it says, "I' am the light of the world." am the i am the one that will illuminate your path i will clarify your hope i will i will brighten your future i am the light not just for you i am the light of the world don't we know our dark world needs jesus he says i am the lights of the world when you are are groping around in the darkness i am that flashlight that gets you home I am that one that will steer you in the right path. I am the light of the world. So there's a lot of meat in these three chapters. We're not even getting to it. I'm barely even gonna press. Maybe one of the greatest things that Jesus ever said is in chapter eight, verse 36, and I'm just gonna pass right over it. It's on page 30, if you have it. Jesus says this. So if the son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. Man, there's somebody here who needs to hear that. Have you been in the grip of addiction? Have you been in the grip of of some sort of sin? If you have been been bound up by bad attitudes, by bad problems, by bad issues and circumstances, if the sun sets you free, you'll be free indeed. Not just even those things those, those, those things that bind us from our inside But even those things on the outside Those systems, those structures Those maybe people that want to keep you down If the sun sets you free You'll be free indeed That's what Jesus says Right here in these three chapters <sighs> Just the facts, ma'am, just the facts Okay, what are we going to get to? These, these chapters 6 through 8 There's a lot of twists and turns Uh, one minute, the people are so rejoicing that Jesus feeds the 5,000 and they want to make him king. In fact, the Bible says they want to make him king by force. How do you make somebody king by force? I don't know, but they want to do that. Then the next minute, they want to stone Jesus. One minute, they're riding high. Oh yeah, Jesus is the greatest. The next minute, let's kill him. And there's all these, (laughs) what it points out is, maybe you haven't realized this yet, People are fickle, people are goofy, people are weird, people are, ah! They're they're staring at the hope of the world, right? The light of the world. They're staring right at Jesus. And they're ready to stone him. Listen, John is writing this book with a purpose. I told you nearly every week, we're going to go back to the reason why John is writing this book. It's so that you might believe. Believe what? Believe that Jesus is who he says he is. That you might believe in your heart of hearts that he is the Messiah, the Son of God. He says it. This isn't a fairy tale. This isn't once upon a time there was a guy named Jesus and he did all these great things. This isn't a bedtime story. No, John is writing for a purpose. Again, chapter 20, verse 31. But these, these things, these stories, these tales, these these, uh, 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 utterances of Jesus... Are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you might have life in His name. Pretty straightforward. That's the agenda. That's the purpose. Here's a shameless a shameless plug. You know, in a, in another six weeks, eight weeks, whatever it is, um, I'm having a book being released, another book released, and it's called uh, "Got Cancer? There's Help," and it's really about. Uh, Our experiences and my friend Lisa's experiences with cancer and dealing with, it's hopefully giving hope to those people who have cancer and those people that that are helping those that have cancer and that's coming out in, in the middle of August. You'll hear more about that in the coming days. That's the purpose. John's purpose is that you might believe, that you might read this book, just reading this book about Jesus, that it will radically transform your life that if you just dive into this book This book, the gospel according to John That it will radically, utterly, radically change your life And that by believing in him This man who was born in a manger And grew up in, a, in, a, in this backwoods area called By believing in him You might have eternal life That's what he's saying That's the purpose, that's the agenda So here's the big question if that was your purpose, if you were writing this story about Jesus, would you include those people that don't believe? You know what I'm saying? You're trying to write this story about Jesus to get people to believe in Jesus. Would you, would you tell about all these people that, that know Jesus and yet don't believe in Jesus? Because that's exactly what John does. In chapter 7, he tells us that his brothers, his own brothers, don't believe. He says that in 7.5. His own brothers didn't believe that Jesus... They, they, they've been around Jesus their entire life. They ate breakfast with Jesus. They played hide-and-seek with Jesus, which probably was bad. Maybe they were bitter, you know. How do you play hide-and-seek with Jesus? You know, seek and you will find. He's the guy that said it. <laughs> oh, Jesus, you found us again. <laughs> you know, I, his own brothers didn't believe would you include that or would you include here it is right you're telling about the savior of the world the messiah and yet and yet john tells us that the religious leaders didn't believe in fact not only do they not believe on page 32 in chapter 8 verse 48 it says it says this about the they're calling jesus demon possessed they said this aren't we right in saying that you're a samaritan and demon possessed That'd be like you and me saying aren't we right in saying you're the worst person that's ever been born aren't we right we're thinking that you are absolutely the worst you've heard of the goat greatest of all time you're the woke you're the worstest of all time aren't we right in saying that jesus you know they hated samaritans and you know hanging out with demon possessed people aren't that fun in chapter seven and eight 10 times 10 times Jesus' life is threatened They want to stone Jesus They want to seize Jesus They want to silence Jesus They want to get rid of Jesus 10 times in those two chapters So John wants you to believe But he's telling about all these people Who don't believe Would you tell that part of the story Would you tell how people are getting discouraged and walking away from Jesus? It gets to the point where even Jesus himself, if you were to flip back to page 24, even Jesus himself is getting a little, it sounds like he's getting discouraged. Because all these people are leaving after he feeds the 5,000, they're all turning their back and going because the teaching got a little tough. And so they're leaving Jesus. And Jesus turns to the 12 disciples and he says this you you don't want to leave too do you sounds like Jesus is a bit discouraged Jesus gets discouraged listen let me just say, if you've ever been discouraged if you've ever had people that you've put your trust in turn and around and walk away from you then Jesus would say join the club You know, I've read reports on how the pandemic has affected pastors and how, how pastors have, you know, the pandemic has given some people COVID and given some people craziness. And so, uh, you know, there's plenty of pastors just, you know, walking away from their calling, throwing up their hands because people have been mean and people are this or that or whatever. And and so they're just saying, that's it. I don't want to deal with it. I'm gone. And maybe you felt that way. Maybe in the last couple of years, you've had people that you, you know, and they've, they've gone to one extreme or the other, and you thought, what in the world? And they've said things to you, and they, maybe they've stabbed you in the back, on the way out the door. Jesus would say, hey, I, I, I've been there, because that's exactly what's going on here. Here, breaking news from chapter six, seven, and eight. People are people, and people act like People. <laughs> People do dumb things, people say dumb things, people get self-centered and self-righteous and make bad choices and sometimes they become mean and angry and spew all sorts of stuff and they love to do that on Facebook, oh what a joy Facebook is, and they love to do it there on social media, they love to you know take off and that's what's going on and so Jesus in the first century they didn't have Facebook but they're all turning their backs And Jesus looks at the 12. He says, what about you guys? you going to take off too? And Peter. Hooray for Peter. Not Peter's going to get in trouble down the road, but hooray for Peter right now. Because this is what the Bible says. Simon Peter answered him. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Hooray, Peter! <laughs> right answer. He said, Jesus, where are we going to go? We've come to believe in our heart of hearts and we know in our heads that you are who... You say, where else are we going to get that, Jesus? We're sticking with you. See, this passage... As John is showing all these people going away This passage is kind of the anti-crowd passage This is the anti easy believism passage This is the anti-prosperity gospel passage This is saying, listen Sometimes when you're doing what's right When you're doing what God wants you to do Maybe people won't agree with you When you are living the life that God wants you to live Sometimes people say, you are nuts You are crazy Forget you, it happens And sometimes we just have to hold on to what we know and believe in our heart of hearts. That doesn't mean we have to be stinkers. That doesn't mean we have to, you know, uh, go bashing heads or beating people over the head with our Bible. What it means is we need to act like Jesus. What we know in our heart of hearts. What we believe and trust that Jesus is going to help us. We need that more than ever today my brothers and sisters In other words following Jesus isn't always easy It's not always a piece of cake It's not always a, you know a rose garden It's not always uh, 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 when, when, when bad things happen to good people It's easy to follow Jesus when there's money in the bank And the kids are behaving and everything is you know going great But what do you do when people don't understand you? What do you do when they take after you on, on social media? What do you do when when the doctor gives you a bad report? What do you do when you're dealing with aging parents? What do you do when life gets complicated? I think it's doing what Peter did. I think that's why John put this in the, in these three chapters. Jesus, you're all we got. If I lose everything else, as long as I have you, that's all I need, you're all we got, Jesus. We believe in our heart of hearts, we know in our heads, it's all about you, Jesus. Even if everybody goes back, you know, the, the old song, you know, uh, though none will follow, you know, the, the, I'm, I'm no turning back, no turning back, no none go with me. I'm following Jesus, remember that? That's where Peter's at. And remember remember who's writing this gospel it's a gospel according to John who's John John the son of Zebedee John the brother of James John the second most prolific writer in the New Testament he wrote this gospel the epistles first second third John and the revelation of John that's who John is but you know how often John is refers to himself in the gospel you know what he says you know how he refers to himself he'll talk about Peter he'll say there's Peter and me no he doesn't say that he says it was Peter and I love this the disciple whom Jesus loved that's how he refers to himself Did, did, did Jesus love John more than Peter or James or Andrew or Judas I don't think he did But in John's mind, in John, when he's talking about how Jesus encountered him and the change that Jesus had made in him and what Jesus had done for him, the only thing he could say was, and then there was this one disciple. The disciple who Jesus loved. Sometimes when the world is raging against you, when it seems like everything is crashing around you, you need to know that if you have accepted Jesus in your life, that you have, are abiding in Jesus and you remain in Jesus and you are a new creature in Jesus, guess what? You're the one whom Jesus loves. I've told you before, if Jesus had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. He loves you. He's crazy about you. And sometimes the world can come crashing around us, bad reports here and there. But hold on, what do you know? What do you believe? I know who Jesus is. Do you remember on playgrounds when when it was recess time? You know how it would work. When you were a kid and it was recess and everybody would be outside, someone would yell, all right, who wants to play kickball? And everybody would come running. Who got to be the captains? It was the big athletic kids, right? the two best looking most athletic kids they were captains and they were going to choose so everybody's lined up the 20 kids or so and the first one they choose are the titans of kickball right that you know i choose mark when mark hits the ball it deflates i want mark on my team And then after those titans of kickball are are, are chosen, then it's the cool kids. They may not be great athletes, but I want them on my team because they're cool and people will think I'm cool too. And then after the the titans are picked and the cool kids are picked, then there's this massive, you know, middle class. And so they're pick, 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 pick. pick, And you're down to the final floor. And the final floor is great in NCAA basketball, but it's not great when picking teams for kickball. There's the kid that's wearing long johns in the summer. There's the kid that's glasses are so thick You can't even see his eyes There's the kid who, you know, for a dollar will eat anything Bugs, boogers, doesn't matter And there's the kid sucking his thumb The final four And the captains look at those final fours And one of them finally says All right, I'll take four eyes in the booger eater You get the other two Hear me that is not how God chooses in fact if anything he starts with the final four The Bible tells us over and over again those ones who the the world has turned their back on those ones that are maybe struggling in life those ones that don't feel like they have a shot guess what God chooses them first God loves them. their pictures on his refrigerator, too. Sometimes I think when the world is crashing on us, um, we have to go back to what we know, what we believe, that Jesus is who He says He is. He chooses us. When you picture Jesus, what do you think? My earliest memories of Jesus, I think, are, are a little board that I had in my room. It had Jesus and said, the Lord is my shepherd. It was Jesus with the lamb over his shepherd. And that's fine. That's great. A nice demure, you know, kind of meek and mild Jesus. That's part of the story, but that's not the whole story. Because Jesus is also the guy in John chapter 2 that went into the temple was flipping over tables. Saying a new sheriff is in town. And Jesus is the Lion of Judah that can handle any circumstance that comes your way. And that we can always, always, always trust in him. Sometimes I think we've tamed Jesus so much so that pale old preachers like me and pious old ladies will be happy. But Jesus is the Lion of Judah that can take on any foe. And we can trust in him. And when Jesus looks at you, he sees you and sees what you can be in him. And when He is our Lord and Savior, whatever else is going on around us, if we know and believe that He is who He says He is the Savior of the world, we, we can make it, my brothers and sisters.